Hello and welcome to Metaphorically Speaking. I'm Delia Delore and each week we dissect a popular motto, mantra or metaphor, looking at their origins and finding how they translate to everyday life. We also have a special guest who can speak about their resonance with their chosen expression. Today's metaphor is getting into hot water. Basically, it means getting into trouble, normally expecting anger or a reprimand for something we've done to deserve it or something we should have done but didn't. And my guest is a self-proclaimed player. And he's so good at it that he's written a book telling other men how to do it too. And dare I say, without getting caught. A form of hot water, right? Jason Calloway-Smithen is very forthcoming and answered direct questions about being a player and how surely he must have got himself into a lot of hot water over the years. So don't miss our chat. Getting into hot water is quite a mild phrase in modern usage. So, although you wouldn't apply it to a serious crime, it could cause some serious heartache. Let's dig deeper. The first known written references to hot water, meaning trouble, were in the 16th century and seemed to have the meaning of anxiety or worry, as in the anticipation of trouble ahead. The metaphor today still has that subtle meaning too. It's interesting to look at how the phrase might have come about originally or how it's been adapted over time to present usage. One of the most obvious links we can see for ourselves is that often when being reprimanded, a person feels either very embarrassed or if they think they don't deserve it, quite angry. Either way, it's quite likely that their face will go quite red or flustered. Much the same as it would if they were in a hot bath or, for example, maybe a shower. I hate my shower. If I'm taking a shower and someone in America uses his water, <laughs> that's it for me. You know, I leap from the tub, scarlet. Similarly, when we're expecting that sort of trouble, we might feel very apprehensive, such that we break into a sweat, which is another kind of hot water. If we consult a dictionary of idioms, we might well conclude that the phrase originated in the 15th century from the idea of spilling hot water from a cooking pot. Well, back then, it took a lot of time and effort to heat water up, so it was quite a precious thing, and to spill it would often have led to a rebuke from someone as well, not to mention possible scalding. Between scolding and scalding, there's plenty of hot water there. There's another possible origin with cooking in mind. During the Victorian era, expansion of empire and trade, along with Christian religious zeal, dominated British politics. Slavery had been abolished, but there was still an intense desire for dominion over uncharted territory, especially in Africa. Some saw it as bringing the benefits of civilization, others as bringing salvation of the soul, others as a golden opportunity to harvest resources. And as has always happened throughout human history, stories of lawless savages and cannibals arose to justify intervention. By the mid-1900s, the image of an old-fashioned 
explorer, complete with safari jacket and pith helmet, standing waist-deep in a large pot or an open fire, had become an established meme of cartoon humorists in Britain and elsewhere. These cartoons often ridiculed the English reserve, the stiff upper lip. More often still, though, the cut of the humour was the foolishness, arrogance or blind optimism that had landed the explorer in hot water with his hosts and hence the phrase. It seems sometimes that we could substitute the words hot water with the word trouble. There may be trouble ahead. Well, you got trouble, my friend. But as the dictionary tells us, it's a little more subtle than that. It's good to remember the importance of idiom. That is, the way a phrase is most often used. This metaphor, hot water, usually doesn't refer to just any kind of trouble, but only to another person's anger. It's not a straightforward synonym. For example, a flat tyre can get us into trouble, but we wouldn't normally say that it got us into hot water, unless, of course, someone else is somehow upset by the delay. These days, the metaphor hot water almost always refers to anger in the same way as hot-tempered, and the hot water we find ourselves in describes the relationship between ourselves and the person who will be angry at us. For that reason, we almost always say we're getting into hot water with another person or a group of people. However, let's be clear here, that does not include sharing a bath. We're only talking today about the phrase as a metaphor, not in that very literal sense. Well, of course, as we've already discussed, the metaphor may well have derived from a literal meaning, which brings us to old seafaring terms. Especially in the days of sailing ships transporting goods around the world, hot water could refer to rough seas, roiling with swirling currents and waves in a similar way to boiling water. Should a ship get into conditions like this, the cargo could be swept away or may have to be deliberately thrown overboard to save the ship. The captain and survivors, if there were any, would have to face the wrath of the owner. That may be a quite likely explanation for any maritime nation, but another literal meaning may date as far back in history as we care to go and originate from almost anywhere from modern-day Iceland to ancient Greece and beyond. But before we go rambling around the planet, I'd like to introduce my guest today. My guest describes himself as an author in the making and a basic level polyglot. He has set up his own publishing brand for a first book of experience-based erotic stories as a kind of self-help manual for men who want to connect and intertwine with women of different passions. He also reviews niche dating websites and fitness and intimacy equipment and offers guidance to other writers who want to self-publish. 
with a strong belief in the importance of brand, we say welcome to Jason Calloway-Smithen. Jason, welcome to Metaphorically Speaking. Can you tell our listeners something about you? Oh, I'm Jason Calloway-Smithen, an author. Um, I'm planning on uh, releasing my own two books through my own publishing company. I'm currently marketing my books. And um, I'm looking forward to getting back onto TV with them. Uh, my books are primarily for men, uh, showing them how to get the kind of women that they want. Um, I've also documented my own experiences. I've profiled and rated uh, women who I've seen over the years and what I've learned. And um, I'm hoping that my, primarily my male readership will be able to use uh, my work for their own, their own lives. What are you looking for? Why are you searching? Or is it just, that's just who you are? I said both because... You know, I remind myself I only have one life to live, and I love women. There's no, and I'm not ashamed of that. A lot of guys are um, worried about how that looks and how that sounds, but you know, as long as you're honest about it and you do it with integrity, then I don't see what the issue is. As long as you're not hurting anyone, and if you are honest, then what can anyone really say to you? It's, it's their choice whether they want to allow you to pursue them or not. And what is your view then of a woman? So what can I, what, what kind of negative thing can I say about them? It's like, oh, you, as a guy, I can do it, but you can't. You know, it, it, in, in this day and age, that's what women seem to be doing. Well, generally, that's what women think that men are saying. Men are saying, we can do it, but if mm-hmm. you do it, then it's not, as res- it's not a respectable thing to do. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm honest. I'll say, look, that is a, a privilege that we've always had. And it is one that we have to this day because women have more to lose in that regard. I know they don't want to accept that. I know they want to be able to do what we do and have no consequences to it. But there is because once they, if they want to find someone who they who match their criteria, that man who 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 they want might not want them because of all the what they call body counts that they may have. So. You know, but they don't, they want to act like that's not an issue and that it shouldn't be an issue. But they find themselves lying about how many people they've been with because they know it, it it's not going to help them. So if you are so proud of it, why are you lying about it? That's why I'm coming from. So your books is mostly uh, made from your experience and from your experiences with women and I suppose your male friends. How are are those? Do those people feel that they are identified in your books? Have any of them approached you and said, oh, this is me, or I think this is me, and I, I don't like this, or is this how you saw me, or have you had any feedback from anyone? Oh, yeah, I've had feedback from the women who I've um, seen. When I first started writing it, they were asking me straight away, oh, am I going to be in your book? Some of them didn't want to be in. Some of them really wanted to be, surprisingly. Oh, okay. I said, oh, I would, um, I, I, I would like, the way you write, I would like, a, I would like you to write a story about us. And, um, you know, the, the women are quite shocked by the, the graphic um, way that I write. I think that's what they're most shocked about. And they are also surprised to learn how other women are because they're not quite like that. Um, they, they look like a, as conservative as the queen compared to some of the women that I have dealt with. So it's a bit of a shock 
to them for them to read that. Um, and then they have to realize they're dealing with me because I'm trying to do something with, with that person also. So, you know, um, yeah, it does wave on their mind. And, but they do say they are looking forward to reading the entire book. So. All right. So what are the names of the books? It's called The Official Black Book. The, there's uh, The Official Black Book Game Guidance, which is the educational side. That's the book that teaches men how to get women in all sorts of situations, all backgrounds, whatever they, wherever they're coming from. And the other one is the official black book, Black Index. Is That's the compilation of, of women that I've been with. So that's more entertaining, I would say. That's, I think men and women will enjoy that book. So the first book where you're telling men that they can get any woman that they want, given the situation, are you mm. looking at telling men how to get into uh, the relationship that they want to be in? Or are you telling men you can just have as many relationships as you want, just play the field? I'm going to be honest, it's not about relationships. This is not a relationship book. This is about you getting the kind of women that you want in multiple quantities. I want to demonstrate how, as a man, you can be a king and have your prospects, your women, treat you as their own king. And as I know, uh, a lot of women do seek a king. So I want to show men how they can be kings. Also, how to have your main lady, which will be treated as a girlfriend. In my book, I talk about the main and how she's a the girlfriend alternative. So, uh, how to have your main main woman and side prospects, women that you have on the side, side chicks, whatever you want to call them. At the same time, maintaining honesty, integrity, respect for yourself and them and uh, how to receive submission uh, for their desired demographic of women because I know a lot of men like to seek sub submission from from women um, making men realize that efforts that, that their efforts um, and sacrifices will need to be made um, so that they can have what they want from women. Uh, so I do explain the, 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 the way they're going to have to upgrade and be a better version of themselves. And you know, just being as they are, women are going to accept that. So ultimately, uh, to get the women that they want to smash or either have long term, you know. And uh, yeah, so... Those are some more things that I share in my book. So, if, so you could call it the player's handbook if you wanted to, and that would be a, a fitting title, would it? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I, I would say that it's more. The, it's more about that. I don't talk about how you can make a, a successful relationship work. I don't. I don't say anything like that because that's not. I've never really had a relationship to be honest. So, what do I know about that? I can't talk mm -hmm. about something I don't know about. Um. I know that people like to you know, like they like to give their advice on things they've never been a part of, but that's not what I'm doing. This is this is this has been me since I've been able to have sex, to be honest. And uh, mm. yeah, I, I want to show men how to get the kind of women that they want because a lot of women, are, to be honest, they don't want relationships anyway, even though they say they do. And if they're not getting everything that they want from you, they'll move on to another guy. So 
So where was the relationship? Now, what you're talking about, a lot of people would find very interesting because that's what they talk about a lot, you know, about uh, relationships or having fun and so on and so forth. But yeah. What made you feel that you had to move it from being a conversation to something that's going to be in print? I didn't intend on writing the book, to be honest. It was just because I, I went on this, this morning show uh, in, in London and uh, I just had my own little journal that I kept over the years. I logged the women in there with, you know, the cost of real names because I, I didn't expect to, to write a book. But because it got good feedback and people were commenting, saying, well, if you wrote that book for publishing, I would buy that. So I was like, well, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize I had a book in me, but if you would buy it, then I'm going to write this for a publishing. So I just changed the names, gave them book names. And um, I've been doing that ever since. And now I've completed it, which is probably the biggest achievement, uh, just the fact that I wrote that wrote those books. I mean, how well they do, we'll see, but I wrote them um, over a number of years and uh, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm, I'm proud of it, despite what people might think of it. Um, Did you learn anything about yourself while you were writing the book? Yeah, how sick I am. Yeah. I'm, 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 it, I, yeah. Every time I go into it um, to, to edit it or whatever, add or change it, um, I do get aroused. Another, another mouse a reminder. It's like a, a sickening reminder of what we're doing. Um, and I have the videos to, to, to refer to because when I'm writing the book, I'm actually watching the, the pornographic videos I was making with them and I'm happy to pause and start it to get the, 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 um, the, uh, the dialogue in there word for word, which gives it that realism because it is real non-fictional. So when you sure. say the videos, are you are you referring to when you you having conversations uh, oh, no, no, with no, people is, or, or asking them questions? This is this is me filming us having sex. Oh, yeah. so you were doing like bite-sized videos for yourself to remind you. you were, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But did you yeah. find any? Was there any particular story or incident that you can tell us about that? Uh, on reflection, like you, you, you've either read your notes or did the video, and then you think, oh my gosh, I didn't see it that way at the time. I see it totally different. Can you think of any instance? Yeah, I suppose so, because when I'm looking back at some of the, the stories, some of the women I've been with like years ago, 10 years plus, I would say to myself, wow, I would, now at this stage, I would never have been with this girl. I mean, I would never... I never would have dealt with this kind of girl before because it is, they don't have uh, what, I, what I want. They don't have um, the quality that I'm looking for now. Um, you know, they don't, they, there's no way I would have dealt with that now than I would have back then. And, you know, I've learned quite a bit from them though. You know, like the, the lesser attractive ones are, allow me to do more and, and uh, experience more sexual acts, I guess. Um, I guess maybe because they were just so keen to have somebody who they thought was decent looking and be with them. So, yeah, when they feel like that, they, they're more likely going to do what you want them to do. So I took advantage of that. Why not? Did you at any time think about 
having any form of the repercussions, how you, you know, you kind of end relationships. Did you have a way of ending so that you didn't get retaliation or did you? Well, there was no retaliation that could be, could be given to me, to be honest, because I, I never cheated. I mean, if I was in a relationship and they found that I was doing this elsewhere and they got back to them somehow, then, yeah, I understand. But there was, they knew that I was not um, exclusively with them. So, and I, I told them, you know, I, I haven't always been as honest as this, as I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, before I would uh, not tell them for a while, um, you know, give them a chance to get to know me because, you know, women can be quite dismissive very quickly. And it's easy for them to do that if they don't have any feelings for you. But as soon as they do, it's harder for them to just walk away. And that's another tip I would tell guys. And, you know, if you do like a woman, you want to be honest with them, you don't have to tell them straight away, but don't use that as an excuse to leave it, you know, like at six months, a year, and never ever get around to it because then they can accuse you of being deceitful, you know what I mean? Um, so you, yeah, it is up to you to, 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 to tell them so that they can't, they, they can get upset and, and act like you cheated, but you didn't because there's, you aren't, so. What about sexual health? Oh, well, I'm way more responsible than I used to be. Um, and, you know, before I wasn't really thinking about it, but and I was going to the clinic more often, of course. Um, but now, yeah, even now, I, you know, I still do what is responsible. Um, I, you know, if I'm, if I'm uh, in a long-term, seeing woman long-term, I would start off using them, of course, and then gradually stop using them. But if I know it's going to be just a, a one-night thing or just a one-off thing, then, yeah, I would use um, Trojan. I like to go to Trojan. Uh, I think they're the, the best suit of condoms to go to <laughs> the American brand. I, I give a shout-out to Trojan. So I would recommend that because they fit the sizes like myself. So, so, so far, when you've um, spoken to, say, your friends about the book that you've written, mm. um, that's relating more to helping them. Have they given you any pointers and said, oh, I've tried that, did not work, or have you tried this? Have you kind of discussed? Yeah, well, the, the, one of the main things is, is that they can get a head around is how are you so honest with them? I try to teach them how to be honest. That's the main thing. Because, you know, with that, that, that's how the women respect you. What they do is they will lie, they will, they will, have like a girlfriend, for example, and then lie about having other women. Like I'm, as a guy, I, they will tell me, but they won't tell them that they're the ones who really need to know. So they, so they ask me, oh, how, how are you so honest with these women? I could never be. And what the big thing that stops me is if, if, if they're with somebody and they look so good, they don't want to risk messing up any kind of progression that they may have made they don't want to take that chance. It's just easy to tell them that that's just you and me, and that that that's it. Even though we know that's not the truth. With me, I would tell them, even though they look really good, I've had women walk away from me because I told them this. A lot of the time, they will come back, and they, they will they'll, they'll have a complaint. They'll whinge a little bit, go away. I won't hear from them for a few days, and then they will text me saying, you know, well, maybe we could meet up and talk about this in person. And then usually when we do that, they will make themselves accepted because 
they'd rather have me in their life than not because the treatment that I give them, if I don't care about them, I, I treat them well. Now, a lot of guys, they're kind of cheap. They don't want really to like take them on spontaneous dates and do all this and that. So that's how I end up um, being um, one out of 20, like, you know, like the ratio of one man, 20 women, because the other guy is not matching up. So they'd rather just uh, be with me. So that's how I end up having a few to myself, which is, you know, it's, it's good. And have you met women who have told you exactly the same thing, that, you know, they're playing as well. They are looking for their person. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah some of them have. Some of them have guys on the go, some don't. Um, those who, there'll be those one woman, women, they will meet me and they will have feelings for me. And because they're so upset that I have other women, they, they think, if I go on a date with a guy, it will sort of distract me, make me feel better, uh, the fact of what I'm doing. But they always come back and tell me that, you know, it didn't make me feel any better, even though the guy was, was a nice guy and it was a good date and all that. They don't let it go any further because they say, oh, it's, it's not you, though. It's not you. So I decided just to, to you know, let him, let, let him be, let him go. And I thinking, well, okay. You, you, they feel like they can be with a guy that's, maybe even sleep with them and they feel even worse because it's not what they want. They're only doing it because I'm doing it. If I don't do it, they won't do it. If I do it, they will try and do it. That's it. They just kind of, I feel like women are like followers in that way. They always follow our example. They wait to see what we do. Cause if I don't do it, they won't do it. Cause they're happy with me. But if I'm doing it, they will try and go online and find somebody who, you know, they might like them, but not enough to, to go all the way and I told him you know I, I, I support that I'm still going to be here if you want to if you want to be with the, uh, see the guy and maybe even sleep with him I'll, I'll be there and that has happened and they say they feel like um, well the stuff that you see in the toilet that's how they, that's how they feel mm -hmm. so so yeah it's, it, they don't mentally it's not good for them as men we've always done it we've always uh, managed multiple women so you know, it's nothing to us, but for a lot of women, they like to feel like they can handle it, but they can't. So how does a man feel then when, even though you've told a woman all what you've just said, they start to become emotionally entwined with you? Is that okay to keep them in that state of, well, I'm always going to be there, and perhaps in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, they want us to be exclusive, but it's not going to happen. What do you do then? Well, that's, that's not the most responsible thing for them because I know they like to say, um, oh, it's okay. Well, not okay, but I, I'll, I'll accept it because I don't have any feelings for you right now, so it's easy for me to go along with it. But like a few, month, a few months down the line, they start to get those feelings and now they're not okay with it. But I, I, always, I could always tell them, say, look, I told you about this in the beginning. This, this could happen. This has happened before. And now you, you, you're feeling like this. It's like, oh, well, I didn't expect that. So what do you do? Do you walk away or do you remain and just keep reminding them? It depends on how good they are. I mean, if they're worth fighting for, then I will tell them, I, I do care for you and stuff. And I will, you know, treat you the best I can, but I'm not going to lie to you at the same time. So they will say, okay, and then something else will happen. And they always have this episode where they get all bothered and upset. And it can be oh, a pain. That's, that's the painful thing about being honest. They just don't. They never fully accept it. 
I can see from everything that you've said so far, I can understand why our metaphor fits very nicely into what you are trying to achieve via your books and from what you've said. And our metaphor is getting into hot water. How would you say that is relatable within your life, within your books, your friendships? By carrying myself with integrity, with honesty, no matter what. doesn't matter how discomforting a situation might be, whether it's speaking to women about uh, my relations with other women. You know, it's, it's, you have to be out of your comfort zone sometimes for a, a better situation. And that's what I try to tell men. If you've got it in you, if you can get the, the, the balls to be honest with your women, you, 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 can, you can live an easier existence, I think. I know some men are going to probably disagree with that and feel like it's easier to lie because that's what they're used to. They're kind of set in their ways and they've just been getting away with it. So why are they going to risk using my strategy when they're unsure and they've never done it before? So that's, I can see some reluctance on their part. But unless, until they try and, and say, look, I did what you said and it didn't work and things like that, it didn't work out for me. So what do what you, what you want to say now? Until they say that, until they try it, they can't really come back at me and say that. But, you know. I'm always here for them if they, if they need any advice. Would you say that you got yourself into hot water when you were not being honest with women, but perhaps when you started being honest, even though they, it would be troublesome at sometimes, it was actually better, but you, you didn't feel that you were in the hot water anymore? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, when, when I wasn't honest, I was cheating. I was cheating the whole time, um, and all I could all I could do was make excuses or, or just tell them, "No, no, it's not true. It's not true." It's all the people have seen you and, and things like that. And like you know, we, people like to getting into other people's business, uh, and that's that's a problem for me. I hate that, but there's not really much you can do. Um, so I've learned. Um, getting myself into trouble by lying. I said, I need to stop doing this because I can't, I can't keep lying. I shouldn't have to lie about it. If that's what I want to do, and I'm honest about it, what, 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 what am I lying about? If they don't like it, then I respect that. I'm not going to try and talk them around. They make up their mind, they will change their mind later, then, then they can't do that. But I'm not going to compromise what I want and my beliefs just to get a woman in the bed. That's what I feel. Were you able to find something you could read out? Oh, yeah. Um, Before you read it, just say which book it's coming from. It's from the um, Game Guidance book. It's the, the educational part. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I'll, uh, I'll say this little part here. Um, the bored housewife is the classic nightmare of a woman's sexless life. One where she spends time home alone when you could be there dealing with her. Women lacking intercourse are the biggest treat for a willing man because she's more open to opportunities. You won't know unless you ask her honestly how a sex life is. Okay, yeah, yeah that gives us a good idea. All right, mm -hmm. so Jason, how can people find your books? My books will be on, on Amazon.com and, and .co.uk. 
And how can people follow you? Are you on social media? Yeah, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram. My, my Instagram is King's Strategies. If you type in King Strategies in Instagram, you see it there. Uh, that's my main social media for this. And uh, Twitter. My, my Twitter is um, Kingsman Strategies also. Well, Jason, yeah. thank you for sharing your honest opinions with us. Mm -hmm. And I hope that men and women will have the benefits of reading what you have to say and reach out to you, whether they're in agreement or not, because yeah. that's how we all grow, isn't it? By reading and not necessarily always agreeing. Yeah, I, I would love to hear from those who, who disagree even more because that will cause a debate, that will create a debate for more to talk about. So I'm always happy to hear, of course, I want to hear those from those who are loving it, but those who are, who are not so into it, probably those uh, extreme feminists or whatever, probably aren't feeling it. But, you know, I'm happy to speak with them if they want, as long as they, you know, don't drag it on too long. I don't, I don't mind having a chit chat with them. Lovely. Well, Jason, thank you so much and all the best with your books. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, of course, when there's trouble ahead, it isn't always associated with water, but sometimes it is, and sometimes the water is hot. And sometimes the water is colder. Luckily, the troubles normally associated with our metaphor are much less dramatic than those in Psycho or Jaws. So let's move on. Well, all around the globe are areas of present or past volcanic activity. Even across the sleepy British Isles, with the mountains of the Cairngorms and Cumbria, the Antrim Plateau and others, there are volcanic rocks aplenty. But it's to slightly more active areas we can look for another hot water phenomenon. The calm and beautiful scenery of Yellowstone National Park in the USA and is home to one of the world's most famous geysers, a jet of steaming hot water that roars out of the ground at predictable intervals. Very exciting, as you can tell from the reactions of visitors. Old Faithful is just one of the many erupting geysers in the area, the most powerful being its much bigger neighbour called Steamboat. Planet-wide explosive geysers are rare and spectacular, but they're part of the same system that produces much gentler hot springs in their thousands around the world, and yes, even in England. Water that sinks underground is heated by the molten rock below us and then finds its way to the surface again. People do bathe together in these springs if the water's not too hot, but there is another element to most of them that has rather less pleasant effects. Often, along with the water, come some quite noxious fumes. 
In ancient times, what we may now think of as the harmful effects of volcanic gases were often attributed to gods and delirium-like proclamations of those affected by volcanic fumes were thought to hold divine messages. Religious shrines and temples were built near the source of these emissions from the underworld and priestesses would live there, making confusing pronouncements. The oracles at Delphi and the sibyls at Cunei are the most famous examples, but earlier these places had been mere cracks in the rocks near which goats have been seen to behave strangely. We can imagine that anyone who strayed too close to these holy shrines without permission might spark the anger of gods, priestesses and even the gods and demons themselves. A hot water area was a troublesome place to be, and hence perhaps the metaphor. That's enough of ancient history for now, so let's come a lot closer to the present. In 1971, this music track was released about pollution, including the dangers of hot water, in this case meaning radioactive. Here are the Beach Boys. In medieval times, boiling water was used to defend forts and castles. It could be poured from the top of the walls, onto those trying to scale ladders, or through a chute above the entrance onto the attackers who had made it that far. The resulting clamour and confusion made the assailants easy targets for the guards. Also in medieval days of yore, one of the trials for suspected witches or heretics involved plunging their arms into boiling water. The idea was that if they healed quickly, perhaps a few hours or as much as overnight, the person was innocent. If not, then their fate was sealed. And I saw that in The Last Kingdom. Do you remember that part? The English language is a true mongrel, full of words and phrases from other languages. Today, we use a lot of Americanisms. A few centuries ago, the English nobility spoke a lot of French, as the two countries shared a strong, courtly tradition and trading relationship. It's from here that another suggestion comes about the origins of our metaphor, by way of a common pun. The major form of transport was the horse, and just like with a soft tyre today, a worn or low shoe on a horse could mean trouble ahead. It was inadvisable to undertake any journey if the horse was low-shod. That phrase, low-shod, sounds very similar to the French for hot water, and it became humorous slang to say that a rider looked like they were in hot water rather than low-shod. Earlier in the episode, I mentioned that sweat could be described as hot water produced by the body. Let's return again to the Middle Ages, when sanitation was crude to say the least. Towns were small and overcrowded, so picture this. Many families lived in upper floors overhanging the narrow street below, and disposing of the water after washing clothes and even bodily waste meant pouring it out of the window. Unwary pedestrians below did not appreciate being drenched in either kind of hot water, as you can imagine. Not a pleasant thought. So let's move forward to cleaner times in the 1950s and over to Bobby Darren for a quick wash and a song to take us up to the end of our revelations. Split. 
splish splash, I was taking a bath. The tub, I put my feet on the floor. I wrapped the towel around me and I opened the door. And in a splish splash, I jumped back in the bath. Well, how was I to know there was a party going on? Well, I hope you've had as much fun as I have getting into our motto for today getting into hot water, so to speak. We have been through a lot of general trouble. If you're looking for trouble, you came to the right place. The next time I catch you, you're going to be in a heap of trouble, boy. And numerous forms of hot water. So let's end on a more cheerful note with this word of advice. Try to stay out of hot water, but if you find yourself in it, try thinking of it as a spa or take your mood from this old song by the Merrymen. Or take the advice of Fred Astaire, taking up where Nat King Cole left off at the beginning of the show. There may be trouble ahead, but while there's moonlight and music and love and romance, let's face the music. Thanks for listening to this episode of Metaphorically Speaking. I hope you enjoyed it and we'll tune in again for another one. Don't forget, if you'd like to suggest a metaphor for an upcoming show, you can reach us at info at metaphoricallyspeaking.uk. We'd love you to share the show with your friends and please feel free to leave a review on colorful.com or on our podcast, Metaphorically Speaking, which is on Apple, Spotify and all major streaming platforms. We depend on you to help us grow so we can produce the best content for you to enjoy. Don't forget to join us for another metaphor next week. Until then, I'm Delia Delore. Keep safe. Bye-bye. <laughs>